Well, if you could keep that Bible passage open from Mark chapter 1, that would be very helpful as we begin a new year and a new series looking at the priorities of Jesus. And as we open up this passage, let's ask God's help with it. Heavenly Father, we believe, so help our unbelief. As we open up your words today, we pray that you would help us, that you would open up our hearts, that you'll be helping us to set our priorities for the new year, that we may live lives to your praise and honour and glory for the sake of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is now the new year, whether you like it or not. It's 2022, and if you're anything like me, you're probably both wondering what on earth happened to 2021, but also very much looking forward to what is ahead. A new year brings about new opportunities, a line in the sand, a chance to set some new priorities. Uh, For some, it might be working for that job promotion. Uh, It might be getting healthier. Although for some of us, the goal might just be to get through what is going to be another year of uncertainty and mess. But as followers of Jesus, we are called to be different. Uh, If you were here last week on Boxing Day, we looked at Philippians, and we looked at how we're called to be citizens of the gospel, people who live for Jesus in a world that doesn't live for Jesus. Uh, We're called to be people who live like Jesus in humility, just as he has lived for us in complete humility. So then, this should change our priorities, shouldn't it? If we belong to Jesus and are part of his family, then our priorities should really reflect his and come into line with his, shouldn't they? That's why over the next four weeks, as we kick off a new year, we're going to be looking at the priorities of Jesus. Uh, What are we to be in this world? How are we to live in this world? Well, we're going to see that our lives are to be shaped by his call, his cross, commandment, and commission. So today, his call. Uh, What does Jesus call us to do? Well, he calls us to do a number of things, but at the heart of it is to repent, believe, and follow him. So firstly, repent and believe in Jesus. Uh, This account of Jesus' life is authored by a bloke called Mark, and this account is what I like to call the action gospel. It doesn't miss a beat. Mark doesn't waste any words. He gets right to the point by saying that his book is about the good news of Jesus who is the saviour of the world and the son of God. Uh, And so after briefly recounting the ministry of John the Baptist, who gets thrown into prison, the camera then pans right onto Jesus, zooms right in and stays on him, and we get the first words recorded in the first gospel written. And it says in verse 14, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So this is like the topic sentence of Jesus' first sermons. In fact, he probably proclaimed this message over and over again, and this is at the heart of what he was saying. He was proclaiming the good news of God. So what is it? Well, there are two parts to Jesus' opening statement here. Uh, There's a simple statement of fact... And then there's a call to action. Uh, There's a statement of the truth, and then there is an application of the truth. 
So the fact is, in verse 15, that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, Previously to his people, God had made promises to send them the anointed one, to send the Messiah, to send the Christ, to rescue them and bring in the kingdom of God. Uh, That is, to bring in God's people under God's place, under God's rule. Uh, to bring in the new promises of God, the new covenant. But all of these promises were made hundreds of years before Jesus rocked up on earth 2,000 years ago. And so Israel was in a time of waiting. Uh, Currently, I'm engaged to Rachel. I asked her back in September uh, whether she would marry me, and I'm very thankful that she said yes. But right now, that promise to be married hasn't yet been fulfilled. We aren't married yet. It won't be until late February that we say, say, I will. But until then, we are in a period of waiting and preparing for it. See, our total time should only be about five months, God willing. But Israel had to wait about 2,000 years of waiting for the fulfillment of the promises. But Jesus rocks up and says, the time is here. There is great relief. All the promises are going to find their yes in him. The waiting is over. The kingdom of God has come near. The time has come. And this kingdom isn't a physical kingdom that we can go and visit and fly to right now. But it is real. It's among us. And will come again in full when Jesus comes again. But it is a place where peace reigns where the sick are healed, where the poor are looked after, where the sinner is forgiven, and where death has no power. And the king of this kingdom doesn't rule with an iron fist, but out of love and service for his people, even unto death. And Jesus says that the kingdom has come near Because the king has come, and Jesus is that king. This is the good news. The moment is here. The king is here. And this is good news that needs responding to. Uh, There's a new age here. So often people in our world can think that uh, Christianity and, and religions are just good advice. Something that you can take or leave. Something that may improve your life, that may help you become a well-rounded person. Uh, You'll probably hear people say things such as, you know, if you find that church and following Jesus helps you live your life, then then great, go for it. Uh, But keep it to yourself. Uh, So often people think that Jesus is just a guru who had some good things to say, some nice ideas and some good advice. But what Jesus offers the world isn't just good advice, it's good news. It's real. It's solid. It's the best news ever. When we go and tell people about Jesus, we're telling them about good news. There's something that's real that's on offer in Jesus. The kingdom is on offer. Forgiveness is on offer. Reconciliation to God is on offer. Hope, love and joy and life eternal is on offer. And Jesus steps on the scene to say that it's available to us right now. 
So that's the statement of facts. So then, what's the call on us because of those facts? What does Jesus call us to do on the basis of the good news? Well, two quite simple things. Repent and believe the good news. Uh, But before we have a look at these, let's just take note of what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, the kingdom of God has come near, so be good people. He didn't say, the kingdom has come near, so do X amount of good things to weigh out your bad things. He didn't say that the kingdom has come near, so work really hard to try and earn your entrance and your ticket in. This may be what the world thinks Jesus says, but it's not. Jesus says, repent and believe the good news. So what does this mean? Well, to repent means to turn around. It means to turn away from something and turn towards something. Uh, My family once had a holiday in Perth. And it became quickly known as the holiday of U-turns. Because when you live on the east coast of Australia all your life, apparently driving with the water on the wrong side of the land can be quite confusing. We often found ourselves going down the wrong way and needing to turn around. Repentance is a life U-turn. It involves realising that you're going in the wrong direction and making a conscious decision to change course and to turn around. It doesn't just mean saying sorry with no inward change, nor does it mean just trying really hard not to sin, but it means turning away from living a life for ourselves, being remorseful for it, saying sorry, and turning towards living for God. See, just outward attempts to live for Jesus without first an inward change isn't the call of Jesus. But Jesus calls the whole self to turn to him. Then, as a result of our inward repentance, a life will be lived outwardly for Jesus. Now, most of us here have already made a commitment for Jesus, a conscious decision to follow him, and already repented. But our life now is one of continuous repentance, of denying ourselves, of turning back to Jesus and following Jesus. But if you haven't yet turned to Jesus, I want to urge you today to hear Jesus' call, to repent and believe the good news. Uh, These are really two sides of the same coin. Uh, Repentance leads to belief in the gospel, and belief in the gospel leads to repentance. And to believe doesn't just mean a scholarly acknowledgement that the gospel is true, like one plus one equals two, uh, nor is it a shot in the dark, like really believing that you can actually do 100 kilometers while your fuel light is showing on your car. But it means acknowledging it to be true and also worthy of our own trust and our own lives. It means giving ourselves over and entrusting ourselves into God's hands and into the good news that Jesus has come for us and rescued us. Every part of our lives is to be handed over to God. And you see, we can do this with great confidence. We can have confidence in God's word, which is written for us. 
we can have confidence in the life of Jesus, a real person who came on earth. We have confidence in the death and resurrection of Jesus. That Jesus rose again, that all his promises that he made are true. And so this means that we can confidently hand everything over to him. Believing in the gospel means that we can come to him and cast all our worries, our cares, our anxieties, our joys, our sicknesses, our grievances, and ultimately our sins on him. No matter what our lives look like and where we have come from, whether we're working or retiring, singled, married, kids, no kids, grandkids, Jesus calls us to believe in him and entrust everything with him. Because all the promises of God are fulfilled in him. The good news is because of him, and we can be part of his everlasting kingdom through him. So the call of Jesus that verse 15, the time has come and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so the thing which should be shaping our priorities this year and ultimately our whole lives is this good news. Turning away from our own selves and towards Jesus. Entrusting ourselves and our plans for the year to the hope of the gospel. And then following him. Immediately after Jesus' proclamation, we see how it's to be responded to in the lives of the very first disciples. Uh, Look with me from chapter 1, verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said and I'll send you out to fish for people. Now, it's not every day that people come out of the blue asking you to follow them. Although right now in our society, there are so many companies, uh, so many people that want our attention and eventually want our money. Uh, There are ads on TV, there are social media influences, there are big billboards in the centre of town that light up the night sky, Uh, there are slots on breakfast television. They're all trying to get our attention and try to get us to follow them so that we can buy their stuff and tell our friends about their stuff so that they can make more money. Uh, This is how our consumeristic society works. But the call of Jesus is different. He doesn't just want our stuff. He wants us. He wants us to follow him, and this includes all that we are, And it also includes all that we have. He doesn't tell the disciples to give him some fish or give him their boats or even their nets. No, he calls them to follow him with all their lives, to learn from him, to work alongside him, and to live for him. And this call is the same to us. To leave behind anything and everything that stops us from following him. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't have to work or have material things or have fun. This means that we have to shape our priorities. And as we think about the new year, following Jesus comes before and then shapes everything else that we do. And we can do this 
because he has the authority to do so. He's the king of the kingdom who has come, and so he's the only real one with the credentials to claim our lives for his own. So this has two implications. Uh, First implication, uh, we don't get to choose who to follow based on our own preferences or our own needs or our own likes. No, Jesus calls us whoever we are, wherever we are, whatever we have done, to follow him. This means that following Jesus won't always be easy. As we'll see later on in the series, there's a cost to following Jesus. It can be hard. It can be uncomfortable. But this also means that all are welcome into the kingdom. Uh, Even those people on your front lines who you think may have no interest in Jesus, who may never expect to follow Jesus, he calls them to follow him. A second implication, uh, his call to follow demands a response. It's not a take it or leave it call. We can't be sitting on the fence. It's not just a truth. It's not just a way to live amongst others. No, it's either you follow Jesus or you don't. Uh, Let's just say that you work for a large company and you're in the middle of the pack as a team manager. And let's say that somebody below you on the pecking order tells you to do something. You're not actually obligated to do it, are you? You may choose to do it out of the kindness and goodness of your own heart, but they don't have authority over you. But say that you get a call from the CEO and they tell you to do something or asks you to make a decision, then you need to respond to it because they have authority over you. Now, Jesus isn't the CEO of a company. He's something so much greater. He's the son of God. He's the creator of the universe. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He has authority. And so if he calls on us to follow him, then we have to make a choice, don't we? To follow him or not to follow him? To be part of the kingdom or not to be part of the kingdom? So how do Simon and Andrew, the first century fishermen, respond to Jesus? Well, in verse 18, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Then they went on a little while longer and found James and John mending their nets uh, with their father in the boat. He calls them. They dropped their nets. They left their father and followed Jesus. These disciples drop their own preferences, their own comfort, their own livelihoods, their own family to follow him. And Jesus calls us to do likewise. So this is the call of Jesus. This is the first priority of Jesus to repent and believe and follow him. And if you're joining us here today in person or online and you haven't yet done so, please don't put it off. Follow Jesus. And he'll transform your life now 
and your life eternal to come. If you have done so, consider the year ahead. There are going to be so many different things wanting our attention. So many different areas in which we could spend our time, our money, our energy into. And just to be clear, not all of them are bad. But Jesus calls on us to prioritize him above everything else. To repent of living for ourselves and living in sin and continuously and consciously turning towards living for him. Believe and entrust our lives into the hope of the gospel, knowing that it is good news and not just good advice. And follow Jesus with all that we have and whoever we are. Because he is the Lord of all. He is our loving, gracious, kind, compassionate King. He is the one who created us, who has given us his image, who has knit us together in our mother's womb, who knows us. He is the one who has saved us from the grip of sin and death, who has done great things for us even when we didn't deserve it. He is the one who brings us this good news, Jesus Christ the Son of God. And so, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom has drawn near. Repent, believe, and follow King Jesus. Let's pray and ask God to help us with this. Loving Father, we thank you that you are a loving and compassionate God. We thank you that even though our backs were turned against you, that you would come to us, that you would break through and come to us in Jesus. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the good news. We thank you so much for the gospel. We thank you so much that the kingdom has drawn near. And so we pray that as we look ahead to this year, and for the rest of our lives, to prioritize you, to believe in you, to follow you. Lord, please show us the ways in which we haven't followed you. Please help us to cast off all things of sin in order that we may follow you with all that we have. You, our gracious, good, compassionate Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.